Today's gospel is from Mark chapter 9. This is going to serve as the basis for our meditation together today. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. This is a series where we attack one of our greatest enemies uh, with a punch in the teeth, and that is ourself, the sinful self. And it's rampant, spreaded disease and damage, destruction that it causes in our lives. I was so excited, and I still am so excited that and blessed that we get to have a series like this called Cross My Heart for Humble Service. All these wonderful things that I pray God does for our discipleship in putting something to death, daily to death in our hearts, that Christ and his glory might live. I want you to think about that as Jesus came down off the mountaintop of his transfiguration. Do you remember Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus showed his glory to Peter, James, and John, and they were like, this is amazing and also kind of terrifying at the same time. And he, he impressed upon them that his glory was something that they should know about, but he wasn't going to use it for himself. That right there is cross my heart. Jesus crossed his heart with the will of God to go to the cross and went down the mountain. And as he goes down, immediately in the aftermath, what do we find? Jesus, why couldn't we drive out the demons? I mean, I thought, I thought we were close to you and we had this and we, 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 and I, 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 and the disciples are all messed up. They can't drive out a demon. We talked about that last week. Do you remember that? Jesus, who goes in selfless service in the name of the Lord, to a kind of quirky glory on its way to the cross, has disciples who are trying to take demons down by themselves. And here's the next story. And Jesus wants to teach his disciples. Jesus is keeping his location hush-hush so he can teach his disciples. Doesn't that make it sound like we should hush-hush for a second? Because Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. And listen to what he says. And out of his mouth comes in the third person. Not first person, I, Jesus, am planning to go to Jerusalem. And I'm going to wave some flowing robes around the streets. 
and I'm going to pray on the street corners with long, lengthy prayers to the Father that everyone will be jealous of. I will put the Pharisees themselves to shame. Those worship leaders, they've not seen worship until Jesus steps into that temple. You just wait till you see what's coming. Jesus doesn't do that when he's teaching his disciples. And he speaks in the third person. And he says, the Son of Man... Right there, I want you to understand a Jesus who is after the Father's promised glory for people. I want you to see a Jesus who in his words is standing at the back of the room and the last in line. I want you to see and hear a Jesus who is so fixed on turning the ship around for his disciples who are consumed with me first and greatest mentality, that Jesus is going to go hush-hush away from everybody else, look his disciples in the eye, and talk about himself in the third person. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed and killed, and having died, after three days he will rise again. Is he boasting? Is he bragging? Is Jesus hoping that their jaws drop to the floor in amazement? Nobody's ever done that, Jesus. Nobody has ever done something like you before. Truly wonderful and amazing. You know, it's so upside down and backwards, this humble service of our Savior, that they are utterly confused. They don't get it. And they're afraid to ask him about it. Do you hear Mark say that? Right there, you recognize the battle you have every day in the fact that when God shares his will with us and his servant ways, we go, huh? This is, this is great for me in the world? We're gonna, we should spend more time on this topic? And they went, they went to their favorite topic. Guess what your favorite topic is? Your favorite topic is you. My favorite topic is me. We can talk about me a little bit. And the disciples made up a complete discussion. They made it up because it's always invented of finding ways to debate who is the greatest. And then it comes down to a measuring stick. So do you see how Jesus is again way over here trying to pull his disciples under in their hearts under the cross and the disciples are way over there with their hearts not needing a cross but a crown jesus come on one of us is the greatest here today's a good day to crown a champion for greatest disciple let's do it that's where the disciples were isn't it and that just totally different cross and crown let's talk about greatness then shall we there's always like records there's some records you're embarrassed to have there's a longest winning streak and also a longest losing streak yeah there's like the prettiest person in the class and there's the biggest zit on the tip of my nose you know i get crowned champion for the biggest zit in school so some great things aren't always that great. It just depends on what the topic is. Do you see it? Greatness isn't some like actual real thing that you can chew on and taste. Greatness is a label you give to something. It's a quality label. 
You say something is great because in your eyes, in society eyes, we say, that's great. That's great. You got a raise. That's great. You're healthy. That's great. You're straight A student. That's great. You're the quarterback of the football team. That's great. We have all these things that we know how to label as great. And now the disciples are like, hmm, Peter, James, and John got to go up on the mountain. I'm pretty sure that's a little checkbox in the great column. I'm going to put that over there. Maybe you guys should be crowned. Or should we debate something else? What should we put in the great column? What gets the label is great? And Jesus goes to work. Because Jesus won't let you define great. Christianity refuses to do so. Greatness is going to come with a peculiar twist in a hurry as soon as Jesus opens his mouth to the twelve. First he says, what were you talking about on the road? That's what I thought, says Jesus. It's the topic that falls flat in the presence of God. This is the most dangerous reality we need to face about all labels of greatness in the world that don't have to do with God. They fall flat. Everything you call great, that you really mean great and not like, that are proud of and not embarrassing greatest zits on your nose. All the things you would call great as a trophy and a crown that are not God fall to silence in his presence. This is where crossing my heart instead of crowning my heart is so crucial because every crown over there is a lie. Every crown you put on your head when you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm great because is a lie when it's not over here with the Son of Man. This is the ultimate purpose of Jesus' words. So he begins to teach them, and he starts to define what their measuring stick for greatness is over here. You know what that measuring stick is when you're putting crowns on your head? What greatness really means to you? First! Did you hear it? He says that. Whoever wants to be first, Jesus says, he's taking a category of a person seeking greatness for themselves. They're arguing about who's the greatest, and Jesus says, I know what classic, earthly, unspiritual, demonic, but that's borrowed from James 3. Do you recognize that? Earthly, unspiritual, demonic greatness is really firstness. It's really firstness. And it's a crown that perishes. Whoever wants to be first in the upside-down, spiritual, from heaven kind of wisdom and understanding must be, are you ready? The last. And the servant of all. You see the lowly Jesus in the back of the room just so he can push everyone forward. You see a Jesus who got down on his knees just so everyone else would be taller. 
you see a Jesus who assumed humility that you might ever be exalted in the eyes of God. That's awesome. That's great. And when you take great the label and realize what the measuring stick is over here, you realize that that little measuring stick is the great God. We have a great God. Great in going to the cross. Great in serving. Great in becoming the least. Because if he wasn't least, he'd leave one of us behind. Great in becoming last, because if he wasn't last, someone else would have to be. This is the approach and the mindset of the Son of Man who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. My brothers and sisters, you and I share a raging penchant for crowning ourselves champion with our own measuring sticks that really I pray today would and every day would continue to wither in our fingertips and turn to dust and ashes in our hands as they fall down to the ground. And that Jesus, by his word, would continue to work a change in you to love something else, to love something else that you see when you look, when you look in the mirror. And that is this, that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That the Son of Man went to Jerusalem to die and be killed and on the third day rise again. The beauty of what's over here is you can never be truly last without Jesus kind of like welcoming you in his arms. Hey, we're together in this last spot. You can never be alone as servant of all without joining a club, without God saying, I love you. You are the apple of my eye. You are the treasure of my heart. You are the fixation of my entire existence that Jesus would consider equality with God absolutely nothing but make himself the form of a servant, taking on the nature of a servant, even becoming obedient to death on a cross, Philippians 2. What a wonderful treasure. Do you see that when you look in the mirror? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Who's crowned now? By whom? In the praise that does not come from people. But the only praise that means anything. The praise that comes from God. Who smiles when he looks at you and says, Well done good and faithful servant. My brothers and sisters, this is life-changing. I knew it was a series that I prayed would make a huge difference for me and hit a reset button and equip me with something that when I stared at the mirror, I'd, start, I'd stop thinking about me and I'd start thinking more about my God. And Jesus does that for his disciples when 
his favorite topic comes up. When God's favorite topic comes up, it always serves the glory of God and the treasure of mankind, the blessing of mankind. Jesus says, whoever welcomes one of these little ones as he puts the little, I don't know, six-year-old in their midst, is he picking his nose? Is he poking Jesus in the eye? I always picture a little angel that Jesus must have put among the disciples. You know, this like straight hair, clean face, all buttoned up, little child. This is a whoever welcomes one of these little ones. And there's this little innocent, what if he wasn't innocent? Like, what if he's crying? What if he does poke Jesus in the eye when he does? Jesus takes him in his arms. Oh, and this obedient little, non-crying, not arguing, not pushing stranger danger Jesus away, you know, but instead just sitting peacefully and calmly on his lap. What if he's not? You know, okay, you get it. But Jesus is taking this little child in his arms. He says, whenever you welcome and receive one of these, you welcome me and, that's now he's talking first person, you welcome me and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Now you see his true great view and aspiration and ambition was to welcome God. And the one who welcomes God welcomes his people. All the people that they've made you see a connection to those who are last at the back of the wall. Last in line. Ever last in line. That everyone in front and before would be welcomed, pursued. Your blessing and your benefit would be in my view and in my arms. My dear brothers and sisters, glorify your God. Not unto us but to your name be the glory. This is the kind of glory that will never fade away. This is the kind of greatness that never perishes, spoils, or fade. This is the kind of beautiful thing you get to do with your life. In Jesus' name, amen.